As so many of us have, I've watched hundreds of van build videos on YouTube and other channels. There are some good builders on YouTube, of course, some are even very good. In my experience, however, out of the multitude of offerings on this topic, combined qualities like innovation, professionalism, excellence, and highly entertaining are rare. If you've listened to many episodes of this show, you've heard me refer to a builder whose work embodies all of that and much more. That builder is George Morrow, creator of the Humble Road YouTube channel, as well as the Humble Road Custom Van Shop in New Jersey. This is part one of seven of my interview with George, which took place in September of 2021. You'll find links to the Humble Road channel and much more in the show notes, aka description, for this episode in your podcast app. Okay, let's get right into my interview with George of Humble Road. All right. George Morrow. And I'm getting the pronunciation right. Correct. Excellent. Uh, you are in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey, and I'm speaking to you from my uh, highly customized sound booth. This is my wife's walk-in closet. So uh, I'm staring at thousands of dresses and skirts and shirts, but it does wonders for the sound. <laughs> yeah, the more clothes you can have in your sound booth, uh, typically, the better your sound quality yep. will be, I've found. Anyway, enough about that technical stuff. You have been running, um, building and creating and running the Humble Road uh, YouTube channel since, what What are you, five years in, four years in? I think it's, uh, well, yeah, Humble Road could be four years, but I started by modifying my uh, Pleasure Way Class B that I had, uh, uh -huh. and then I jumped into building my own van. So I think I had about a year, year and a half of just modifications on my Pleasure Way. Gotcha. And your previous industry, uh, bef before before you started the Humble Road YouTube channel, um, or I, I assume you retired from a previous industry. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a voluntary retirement. Uh, I've been self employed since I'm 18 years old, uh, and uh, for most of my adult life, I ran a an advertising photography studio. So I did ads, I did brochures, uh, magazine ads. Uh, I did a lot of point-of-purchase display work, a lot of visuals. Uh, and I did that for almost 35 years, 36 years. Uh, but that crash in 2008 was a perfect storm for me. And it pretty much uh, wiped out uh, my business. My All my clients went scattering in different directions. And it was almost like you turned on a light switch or turned off a light switch, actually. Wow. Uh, one day I was on my way to uh, my biggest year ever. And the next day, nothing. I went to zero billing overnight. Oh. So uh, that was 2008. And uh, I had five kids, uh, three of them in college. And uh, yeah. so I had to make a decision as to what I was going to do. We, we actually were able to live off savings for almost nine years while I wow. was uh, developing and reinventing myself, so to sure. speak. Uh, but I was able to carry a lot of... Uh, what I was doing in my career into the YouTube world it was a very natural transition for me. Uh, I was I was involved in stills. I did print advertising, mm -hmm. and uh, so for me to go to uh, Adobe Premiere, which is the movie editing software, video, video editing software, it's yep. pretty much Photoshop but with a gazillion still frames. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a very intuitive move for me to make. Uh huh. And and so lighting and everything probably came more. Yeah, or less the lighting. Yeah, the lighting film. comes with it. I I did uh, uh, during my downtime. My neighbor is a hotshot producer, so uh, 
he uh, he invited me to become a lighting director and uh, best boy and back behind the scenes. He gave me a, you know a dozen different jobs on a movie he was producing. Wow! Uh, so uh, and I brought my son in as my best boy, and we just had a ball. Uh, okay. One July a few years ago, we made a a movie based on a true story here in New Jersey, huh. and it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and I used my pleasure way. Uh, that became the executive producer's office while we were out on location. Uh-huh. So I'd plug in, I'd get the air conditioner going, I had a stocked fridge, and uh, and I towed a trailer with all my lighting equipment with the pleasure way to each of the daily locations. Like I gotcha. said, it was it was a great experience. I thought that uh, in one of your videos you had mentioned that uh, you you made lighting equipment um, available for rent or something like that, or was that just for that yes. project? Well, after the movie, after mm-hmm. I got involved in that, I says, well, you know, this is a logical step for me. I've got a, a, a 35-year studio filled with equipment, and I was always on the cutting edge of technology when it came to my, my lighting and my cameras. Yeah. Uh, so then I decided to see if I could just jump into this industry and become, uh, they call it an LD, a lighting director. Uh, I could rent my equipment and just sit there and then collect it all at the end of the, the, the shoot day. Uh, wow. But what happened there is while I was fully capable and fully equipped, the economy caused the guys that were in the industry for 20 and 30 years, the really seasoned pros, yeah. they were now taking the jobs that I would have been selected for because it was the, the you know the, the cheaper stuff the smaller jobs the low-hanging sure. fruit sure. so now you know for for you know two thousand dollars a day i'm competing with guys that have been in the industry for 30 years and they've got a, an incredible portfolio right so i uh, i uh, i bailed out of that <laughs> yeah interesting and and that's when i turned to youtube uh uh-huh. but but really the uh, uh we we had a class a uh, motorhome. I had a 40-foot uh, Monaco. It was actually so, a Safari brand, but it was right when Monaco purchased Safari. So it was okay. the first iteration that Monaco produced under the Safari badging. It was basically one of their uh, Class A's they put the Safari badging on. But I thought it was a nice, it was an entry-level coach into a, a higher-end company. So I've got all that trickle-down technology uh, I got their chassis, uh, which they built on. They had their own Roadmaster chassis. Uh, but even uh, with such a good motorhome, there were issues. You know, they start, <laughs> they're burying the the inverter, and I couldn't get to the wiring. And and you know, you know the story. It's yep. been on my channel. Yep. Uh, and then, and of course, we had boats all our lives as well down at the Jersey Shore. Uh, so I'm familiar with this kind of manufacturing and how you have to get in there after the purchase and maintain and repair <laughs> yeah. these these items. Sure. So uh, and then I moved into the Class B. Uh, our kids actually traveled with us in the in the Class A until they were in their mid twenties. They just uh-huh. loved it. Huh. Wow. Uh, and even to this day. Uh, you know, they'll say to me, Dad, whenever we smell a campfire, it just stops us in our tracks uh-huh. and we just reminisce about all yeah. the memories of, of traveling in that Class A. That's wonderful. So it was really, it was a great experience in life. But the Class B was even worse than the Class A because they had to pack about the same amount of stuff into a smaller space. Sure. 
So uh, I had some issues trying to maintain and repair my pleasure way. And I said, you know what? I'm going to build my own. I can do this. You know, yeah. I've always I've always been a tinkerer. You know, when I was a little kid, I set up a bicycle repair shop in my garage. And, you know, <laughs> the kids up and down the block would come in and I would, you know, tighten their chain and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've always been that kind of a, a kid. Terrible student, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I could always do anything uh, that I dreamed up. Right. Well, <laughs> you're speaking my language. First of all, I, um, I was working in the real estate industry in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. 10 years, I was, I was. That was my 10th year. Was 2009. Um, I think I did one transaction in 2009. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so there's that. But then also, I, same, same with me, tinkering and. And, you know, ever since I was a kid, have you done any um, formal work in plumbing or electrical or any of that stuff or building? I don't have any formal training, but like I said, I'm, I'm a hands-on kind of person and uh, uh, it, it all just seems to be common sense to me. I sure. can see, I see things uh, for what they are. I can, I can dismantle something in my mind and put it back together uh, just looking at it. Yep. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to build uh, push carts, or we called them go-karts. Yep. And, you know, it's just <laughs> wheels and two-by-fours, and you push them yep. down a big hill. Uh, <laughs> and I actually, I took a dining room chair out of the garage. It was my, we lived with my grandparents. I took one of my grandmother's dining room chairs out of the garage. I cut the legs off it, and I used that on my push cart. Uh-oh. And my grandmother was so impressed with that, she cried for a week. <laughs> I later came to understand she wasn't crying because she was impressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ruined I ruined an antique chair. Oh, oh man. But no, no formal training, but uh when when I got married, uh, well actually when uh, yeah, when I got married and we got our first apartment, I told the landlord, I said, "We'll take the apartment under one condition. You let me gut the kitchen and rebuild it." Now, I'm 23 years old and I I've, I've never done a kitchen gut. Yeah. But he said, okay. Huh. So, you know, that was my start. Then we bought a house and I gutted the house. I ran every wire new. I ran every pipe. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I knocked walls down. I put in headers, windows. I did the, you know, everything a contractor would do. Uh, and then, and that served us well for the 16 years we lived there. And it's still the people we sold it to. Nothing's changed. You know, I, I built huh. a massive deck on the back. That's about 35 years old now. And it wow. looks as good as the day I built it. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you can apply these mechanical and building and functional um, hands-on skills w without reserve to, to whatever, uh, whatever task is at hand. And that explains right. how your videos switch between... Uh, you know, intimate and brilliant, by the way, details about um, insulation you. to flooring to electrical to to uh, radiant heating. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody out there on uh, any, anybody on YouTube is is displaying the the breadth of knowledge and and the actual installation and uh, yeah, use of yeah. of um, of radiant heating, which I absolutely love. I think it's the best way to heat anything. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Yeah. 
So anyway, and, uh, not to not to just just you know pump you up, but I've actually done some formal uh, building and stuff working with um, with relatives, and I was a general contractor for a while, and I've done a real wide range of of physical stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, well, but it didn't great. come without uh, you know failures. Uh, when I was working on my pleasure way, and then when I started building Van O One, I yeah. had a lot of failures. Uh-huh. And I'd go back to the drawing board and fix it. But I was never afraid <clears throat> to try anything. And now with my clients, uh, I'll say to them, listen, we're going to do some experimental stuff. We're going we're gonna to try to push the envelope. If I fail, I got you covered. I'm not going to, uh, you're not going to bear the expense of my failures. Uh, and I've held to that. And, and that way they're willing to let innovation happen. And and in every case so far, we've we've gotten some really nice little details uh, that are succeeding. You know, that it's a it's a day to day benefit to these people uh, because they were willing to. You know, they had nothing to lose. (laughs) If I if I failed, I'd just go back and buy more material and start again. It was just my time and money. But that's that's the way I want to approach this. I'm I'm not interested in uh, in mass producing mediocre product. Sure. I want I want each one of these vans to to have uh, all the innovation that it, that we can think of without getting too complex and and right. uh, kitschy. You know, yeah. sure I could build a I could build a raising platform. Uh, I you know all that stuff is great and it's it's wonderful innovation. But when you get down to day to day practical use of a Class B van, that stuff's going to break. It's going to cause maintenance issues. And it's just not what you set out to do with a Class B van. Right. You know, you want a relaxing lifestyle. You want to be able to travel uh, unencumbered. You don't want too many problems. And, you know, as I've said, you're going to have problems. Things do break. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I try to, my build philosophy is to address that future failure in, in my design and in my building. So that it's an easy fix, and in fact, uh, Carry On Vagabond just had a water pump failure, and uh, it was a very easy fix. It took less than a half hour to pull the old pump out and put the new water pump in and get get up and running again. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, and that that all comes down to your cautious uh, layout and planning and. Uh, you know, location of the pump and all that stuff. All that, yeah, that all comes into play. And each van is different. It's every effort is a bespoke product. Uh, there's, I'm not following any blueprints. Uh, I will sometimes do some uh, sketch up uh, drawings just sure. to, to get a good idea of what my, oh, that's my carcass. Yeah. Uh huh. So you're uh, not, you're not spending hours and hours and hours in, uh, in CAD or SketchUp or whatever, no, trying I, to perfect uh, the, the, everything in advance. No, the, the 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 CAD that I use is cardboard assisted design, and you've <laughs> you've seen it. I I will uh, literally, yeah, I build out the van in cardboard, and I and I take it to the umpteenth degree of detail, and uh, and then the clients walk through, and it's at that point. First of all, the, the, you got to look at their faces. When they walk into their van that we've been discussing, floor plan and layout and this and that, now they walk in and it's real. It's cardboard, yeah. uh, but I'll actually cut louvers into the doors. Yeah, uh, I've seen know, it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. 
so so they get a thrill out of that initial walkthrough. But then we start doing choreography. You know, they'll pass one another in the hall. They climb into the bed and we start nipping and tucking, you know, take an inch here, sure. add an inch there. And uh, like I said in the videos, I, I fit uh-huh. them with a suit of clothing. That's what yeah. this van is. So, uh-huh. And that's one of the reasons it takes up to a year uh, because each one is different. And I, I don't bring too much from one van to the next Right. And I'm primarily building alone. My son, Alex, who is an incredible uh, craftsman, he's typically coming in the last two months on a build. Mm-hmm. But uh, because he's running his own uh, cabinet shop up in Hoboken, he's doing very well with that. Uh, but I've gotten him to agree to give me two days a week forever nice. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so if he, if I can get him involved on these builds from day one, they're going to go a lot quicker. I should be able sure. to get them out in uh, six or seven months. Huh, wonderful. Yeah. So would you say that um, that, that flexibility of uh, that, uh, uh, in terms of experimentation and design and the building process is a requirement of a, of a van client? For me, it is. For the type of van... Hey, that wraps up today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're giving away a useful van life resource over at vansage.com. The camper van essentials checklist for packing and outfitting your van. It's the easy to use download for making sure you've got all your van life essentials on board before you hit the road and it's free at vansage.com. And there's more. You're going to get the Vansage newsletter packed with exclusive van building, living and traveling resources. And we've got more useful downloads coming soon. You can find all that via the link in the description for this or any Campervan podcast episode, or just head over to vansage.com and click the appropriate button. Okay, thanks again for listening. Until the next episode, best of luck in all your endeavors and enjoy your van life adventure. I double dare you to sit over here. I double dare you to lend me your ear. Take off your high hat and let's get friendly. Don't be a scared cat. Say what you can't, can't you take a dare? I double dare you.